I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in each week at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation. We want your voice to be heard. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of the usual social media channels out there. Our handle is at capegunworks everywhere your social media can be found. Not to mention, you can always listen to the archives of this show. If we podcast this show, wherever you get your podcasts, we got an action-packed show for you. We have Rob Pincus coming on a little bit. We also have a great interview with Philip from the NAGA, N-A-A-G-A. He's the North American, African-American uh, gun rights organization. So he's doing some great stuff. And we'll, as always, get to your questions and I appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy lives to listen to me blather on about something I'm passionate about, which is guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and freedom. And so that's what we do. One of the big things that happened this week was Beto O'Rourke flip-flopped yet again on gun control. So now he wants to take your AR-15 again. So we all know his moment in the sun when he was in that uh, Democrat presidential debate. And he said, hell yes, we're coming for your AK-47s, your AR-15s. And then he announced he's running for governor of Texas. And he knows that's a losing argument. So he's like, nobody wants to take your guns away. No, we're not doing that. Just kidding. I was just joking when I said that. Um, and then he, he got his feet held to the fire by probably all the pro gun control groups out there that are really pulling the strings. And he's like, Shh, guys, I'm, I'm trying to cater to the gun love in America in the state I live in. So I'm actually going to have to throw them a bone. But so he came out, um, this week actually, and said that he does want to buy back your AR-15. So it's pretty funny. He's like, um, it, well, here's one of his quotes. He says, you have seen a spike in gun violence, O'Rourke claimed. More cops or sheriff deputies or members of law enforcement have been gunned down in the state of Texas than in any other state. So when you hear BS about defund the police and some folks support law enforcement, some don't. Greg Abbott turned his back on those members of law enforcement who put their lives on the line for this community, and they're losing their lives at a faster rate than any other state because of it. So he's saying that you, the responsible law-abiding gun owner, are the reason cops are being gunned down on the street. It has nothing to do with the violent criminals that get let out of jail. It has everything to do with you, freedom-loving, gun-owning you know, you like to own those instruments of death and it's carrying 
it's translating into officers dying in the line of duty. So that's basically what it says, what he's saying. Even though the truth of the matter is officer fatalities are about 50% lower now than they were 50 years ago when Vermont was the only constitutional carry state. I'm reading uh, from Bearing Arms online. And uh, it should also be noted that while Texas may have had the most law enforcement deaths last year, that dubious distinction was also true in 2020 and in 2019, long before the state adopted constitutional carry. So that brings you to the latest position on uh, the gun czar, Beto O'Rourke, who um, basically said that... um, I don't think anyone should have one, meaning an AR-15. And if I can find the consensus within the late legislature to have a law in the state of Texas that allows us to buy those AK-47s and AR-15s back, we will. As you said early, I cannot mandate or dictate anything as the next governor of the state of Texas. I'm going to have to do this by listening, moving forward. Well, I want to tell you something. If you're listening to constituents in the state of Texas you're going to realize uh, they're going to tell you, hell no, you're not coming for our AK-47s or our AR-15s. So he says he wants to come get them. He's going to come and get them. He's going to try and find the votes to do so. If he could get consensus to do it, this is going to actually be, I think, one of the biggest defeats of a governor in in any state ever. So he goes to the gun capital of the country, which is Texas. More people own guns in Plano, Texas per capita than any other county in the country. Nice. So he thinks this is going to be a winning argument for him for the gubernatorial race in uh, Texas, which is just unbelievable. I don't, I don't think he knows his, his customer base or his constituency. I don't think he has a clue. But anyway, I think it's good entertainment. And if you think he'll be a good governor for the state of Texas, you know, go ahead and type into the comments. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I think it's a perfect Why? example of don't California my Texas. That's what the people of Texas are going to say. And I think he'll be heading out of town pretty soon. I know he's, you know, obviously been in politics in Texas uh, as on the national level in a very uh, blue county that he represented. But once you spread the net across the whole uh, state, I think you're going to be uh, kicking against the pricks, as the scriptures say. <laughs> you're going to be kicking against the goad. It's not going to be an easy run for you, Beto. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. But it makes for great entertainment anyway. So, you know, while I think great, Greg Abbott has done a good job in wanting to secure his southern border and also um, made constitutional carry the law of the land there, I think um, he's, got a, he's got a long road to hoe if he wants to be governor, my own opinion. So let's see how that goes this November. Um, I think that gun control politicians as a whole are going to have a real hard time they in on one hand and we talked about this on the grace curly show yesterday they want 
to applaud the Ukrainians who have been handed assault weapons at their local police department. That's like the opposite of a buy, gun buyback program at local PDs. Like in this country, we have these gun buyback programs where people go in and get a $50 Amazon gift card and bring in their you know, AR-15s and get them off the street. Well, in Ukraine, you go to the police department to get issued your fully automatic AK-47. So good luck with the gun control politics this election cycle. Anyway, we want to celebrate our two new broadcast networks, WBOB in Florida and KNST in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, by giving our listeners a special discount at capegunworks.com. Use discount code CGWMA and you'll get a special 10% discount for a very limited time. So do it today. And when we come back, we'll be with Philip from Argo. Thanks, and we'll be right back. This is Toby Leary from Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Today, Philip Smith, who is the founder of the National African American Gun Association. Philip, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule and being with us today. How are you? Doing well and glad to be here. Very excited to talk to you guys today. Yeah, we're starting our like westward expansion. And so westward and southern expansion, we're now on in Tucson, Arizona and Jacksonville, Florida. So we're 
getting kind of close to Georgia, but we're not quite officially there. <laughs> Although our the station that we broadcast on, WBOB in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, actually does go through Georgia a little bit and all the way up to Hilton Head. So maybe you can hear us on the air down there, but you never know. So um, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm really excited to have you on and um, you know talk a little bit about your organization. Why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you did back in 2015. Sure, sure. My name is Philip Smith. I am the national president and founder of the National African-American Gun Association. I founded uh, what we call NAGA for short uh, back in 2015 on February 28th and uh, initially started it with just me, myself and I. And we are now at about 42,000 members, uh, I think, nationally. And we have wow. over 120 chapters. Uh, we have members in every state of the union. And uh, we just had a really, and we're still in the process of having a very good ride of uh, folks wanting to learn about the guns and learning how to get trained and all that good stuff. So we're very, very happy to to accommodate them. That's great. And um, it looks like, according to your mission statement, well, congratulations on the growth, by the way. That's excellent. 42,000 members is nothing to shake a stick at. Someone should be taking notice. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so, and what's your primary function as, as a whole? The, the ethos and the, the, the core function and foundation of the organization is to focus on training and learning how to interpret the, the gun laws in your local state. So we training, safety, know your laws. Uh, we believe the combination of that as the essence of the or- organization really suits the African-American community because a lot of us in what we call newbies, 70% of our folks that come through the door are people that have never really shot the gun. They've never really had any interaction with the firearm. So they're brand new. And so we take them from kind of like you take clay and mold them on how to shoot, how to hold the rifle, I mean, our, our pistol, how to stand isosceles versus weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want a larger caliber gun versus a three eighty? I mean, we go through every top, top possible scenario to give them a really healthy perspective. And when they select the gun and get trained, they're very, very comfortable in that process as they become a seasoned shooter. And I tell everybody, just because you buy a gun, that's at the end. That's the very beginning of your, your life of, a, of being a gun owner, and you're going to continually need to work on muscle memory and, and always practice because, as you guys probably already know, if you don't practice, you're not going to be able to shoot well. And uh, to protect yourself, um, we really recommend and really emphasize weekly practice, dry fire practice at home where you can't get to the range. And, then, of course, when you get to the range, have a certified uh, instructor, USCCA, NRA, um, federal re- you know registration or some type of credential, but we want to make sure that all of our folks are getting solid training um, at the very fundamental level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that firearms training should be kind of in, in, you know, twined in the whole firearms culture as a whole. It should be on the industry as a whole to really put the put the burden onto the new shooter to to get training. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. I think there's room for improvement. But, you know, the days of just, you know, having a gun because it's my right and never taking a class on the safe and efficient use of how to operate it, I hope are in the rearview window, you know, rearview mirror and a thing of the past. And I think a better educated, um, better trained group of gun owners is really what this country needs to put a good face of responsible gun ownership on our communities as a whole. Um, so I applaud you for that. That's, that's very, very good. Um, and I think that if we don't do it as an industry, then it's going to be mandated for us legislatively. So, um, 
you know, hopefully we'll continue to see people taking classes, um, et cetera. But let me get back to how it all started. Like, what did you feel having a very specific gun group that was geared towards African-American gun enthusiasts um, or towards African-American community as a whole? Why, why did you feel that that was, did you think it would just be more welcoming to new shooters or did you yourself have a, a experience with guns that all of a sudden you were like, man, we don't represent well in our area. So let's, let's do it. How did that all start? I, that, that's a very good question. I get that out. I asked a lot and I, and I have a very basic response. I was, I think the, the perfect test case for someone, I'm a, obviously a black man. Um, I had no experience with firearms and I was hesitant to go get training. So what I did, I said, okay, if I'm hesitant, maybe I can build an organization that's a bridge from someone with no experience to having them walk across walk across and into our organization where they can get trained, they can get comfortable, they understand that um, they're with like-minded folks that love 2A and respect the Second Amendment, and they can get quality training. And that, that was the emphasis. So the, the organization is kind of like a handout to those folks that were looking for someone to pull them into the organization where they can get culturally comfortable, but at the same time, bottom line, learn about guns. Learn that guns are not bad. Learn that guns can save your life, your family, your loved ones. And guns are a very positive, or what I believe, and most folks that are you know, pro-Second Amendment, a value add to your, to your life and your family. And that's what the organization speaks to and really has done a great job in reaching out to those folks that say, hey, Phil, I got robbed or... You know, I've, I've been domestically abused. Um, I need to get a gun. What do you suggest? Mm -hmm. Well, there's this group called NAGA. Come over to us, and we're going to train you. We're going to show you all the good things that you need to know um, regarding firearms, and you're going to feel more comfortable with yourself and be a little more secure in terms of your own self-defense if someone were to break in your house at 2 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't guarantee anything, obviously, but at least we, we're going to try to give you a fighting chance, and that's, that's the essence of the organization. We want everyone to have that fighting chance either at home or out in the public, if you, if you want to carry your gun, either conceal or open carry, um, to fight those folks that want to you know, take your money or take your car and just do uh, evil intent towards you. So mm -hmm. we, want, we want those folks to have a, have a battle cry, and I, we believe the National African American Gun Association is that battle cry for, for most of those folks. And just reading from your website here, it says that membership shall not be denied to any person because of race, color, gender, age, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical disability. Uh, so you don't discriminate against white people, right, based on this? Oh, God, no. God, no. We, <laughs> no. Have, I, I, we have uh, well over 2,000 white members who are, I'll, I'll say this, they're our most active members. They're there at every meeting. They're chapter presidents. They're... They're very, very vocal. They have initiatives that they're, they're just they're they're just like everyone else, and yeah. that's the good thing about the organization. And that, to me, I'll be very honest with you, that's the secret sauce in our organization. Anybody, regardless if you're black, you're white, Latino, Asian, and we've and just like you know we've had a huge uptick in Asian membership as of late. Yeah. Um, but anyone can join and feel comfortable. We, you don't have to walk alike, stay alike, vote alike. You can be yourself. You walk in the door. We're going to give you a big hug. We're going to give you a big high five, and we're going to say, welcome, brother, welcome, sister, regardless of who you are, where you come from. And that's what people really like. And I, I think that's the reason why we're continually able to grow at such, I, I guess, a fast amount or a pretty good yeah. pace because people can come to us and be, hey, you know what? I'm comfortable over here with Phil and those guys. They're not going to put any political qualifications. They're not going to have any type of um, uh, community um, 
pushback in terms of where I live and all that good stuff. I can just be myself. I'm, I'm, I'm respected. I'm, I'm loved. We have we use that term a lot. We call it family. Are you part of the fam? And um, that's something that you don't get in a lot of places nowadays. And I think that's that's the reason why so many people from different walks of life, different ethnic backgrounds, are saying, "Let's go to Naga, join up, and 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 have a good time and learn about guns." And that's that's what I think it is. And we obviously I'm very biased, but I think that's uh, the reason why we've been able to. Uh, to grow the way we've been able to to grow on a national level. I think that's great, and I think that's uh, really wonderful. And do you sometimes have people, you know, like I, I was joking earlier when I said that, but I really meant, meant it in one way, like don't let the name fool you. Like you're you're a tent that's encompassing oh, no. for everyone. So uh, do Everybody, you, do everybody you, can join. We've that's had, great. I'll give you an example. We have a heck of a lot of uh, law enforcement, military, We've got a tremendous amount of folks coming from um, federal government that have um, military background. Everyone's invited. Everyone's welcomed. Um, and I think that's why people can literally, um, when they join the organization, they can see that it's a big tent. It's just not one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. We, we, we really invite discussion. And if you don't want to talk about politics, you don't have to. Right. But if you feel like doing that and somebody wants, somebody wants to engage you and have a great, robust conversation, you, you can have that and feel good about it. You know, at the end of the day, we have a term or a, a, a phrase we, we, that's the following. We agree to disagree, but not disconnect. Mm. And that simply means that if you and I have a conversation, you say, well, Phil, I don't think people should open carry. I don't think that's a really a wise move, regardless of where in the country. And I say, you know what, man? I think everybody should open carry. You should be able to open carry into Macy's, Walmart, wherever. And it's, it's, your, it's your second amendment, right? And we can have that debate. We can go back and forth. And at the end of the day, we'll just look at each other and say, you know what? I'm going to shake your hand. You're going to shake my hand. We're going to hug each other and say, you know what? I'm not going to change your mind, and you're not going to change mine. But at least we had a conversation that was civil. And that's the essence of the organization. You can be who you want to be, have your perspective, talk about it, and people won't demonize you. They'll say, you know what? That's refreshing. I respect that. Mm. The one thing we ask NAGA members to do is just listen. If someone comes to you and they have a a perspective that's different and you won't really agree with or quite honestly you might really hate listen close your mouth and just ask them one question what was your life journey that got you to this point to have that particular perspective and just listen well i think you're doing a lot of great work there philip and i appreciate you. you coming on the show today we're gonna have to have you on again i'm definitely interested in learning more we'll uh we'll have to look into hosting a you know a chapter up here in massachusetts and uh, I think it's great work that you're doing, and God bless you, and I hope you have a, uh, a great time down there and your membership continues to grow. So thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and great to talk to you guys. My pleasure. And go to capegunworks.com and use the code CGWMA to get a very special discount on your order. This is a special treat to our radio listeners to celebrate our two new broadcast networks, KNST in Arizona and WBOB in Florida. Use CGWMA at capegunworks.com to get your special discount. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. 
Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm glad to have on the line with us right now uh, Rob Pincus from the Personal Defense Network, who is kicking off his annual training tour. So, Rob, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's always an exciting time of year in March when we get ready to kick off the tour. But uh, but this year, uh, we're, we're back to you know pre-COVID. We're actually going to be bigger and, and uh, more spread out with more classes than we were in 2019. So it's an especially exciting year. And of course, we have we have an exciting relationship with Rapid Fire Radio too. Yeah, that's a we're really excited to be the media sponsor of the PDN training tour this year, and that's going to be uh, I hope a long-serving relationship going forward. So we're going to be bringing everybody up to date of what's going on in the tour. So uh, why don't you kick it off, Rob, and tell us what's going on. And don't forget, we actually have Rob stopping here at Cape Gunworks in April on the 20th and 21st to do two days of classes with us as part of the training tour. So why don't you bring everyone up to speed about what the tour is all about and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, so the 32nd version is that, uh, you know, I've always traveled around the country for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. I spent most of my time traveling around the country teaching people uh, armed defense primarily. A lot of other personal defense skills are related to that, but a lot of it is, is just close quarters handgun shooting. As you know, the CFS program, uh, the IDS program has evolved, and, and now even the USCCA's DSS program. And we turned that formally into a training tour, if you want to think of it like a, you know, a concert tour, about uh, 12 years ago when we made that jump. So, so this year we are running our 10th annual, because obviously we took one year off. It took us a year to build it. This is our 10th annual 
personal events network training tour. And maybe one of the coolest things about it for me is that it's not just my classes, of course, but we've got a team of instructors from around the country who are going to be traveling and bringing their specialties, their perspectives to uh, 50 venues. We're going to run over 120 classes. We'll be in about 30 states. And uh, we've got some great sponsors that, that help us educate all of those people at all of those classes. So, of course, some of their products are involved, some giveaways, things like that. And uh, like I said, this year is bigger and better than ever. Than ever. That's great. And I know as a student f- f- several times and also an instructor in the organization from taking classes with you on the training tour, you definitely showcase a lot of those uh, sponsors' products where people and students get a hands-on first look maybe at a new gun or an optic or a flashlight or something like that. So it's a nice way for students to interact. They're not just given a sticker and told, hey, go buy some of their stuff, but you can actually get some hands-on experience. Will that be the same this year? Right. That's the idea. So so obviously some of this stuff is, you know, for example, Rapid Fire Radio, right? You right. guys are our media sponsor. All the instructors are going to rotate through and give weekly quick updates on what they've been up to and what's going on with the tour. And then we'll be recommending that people tune in, you know, mm-hmm. not only should we recommend ahead of time, we're going to be telling everybody to tune in, but also after we do each one of those segments, you know, there might be some important training information that some of the team wants to put out. and We'll tell people, hey, go check that out. Uh, but at the end of the day, people are coming to a class. And when they come to that class, you know, they're there to learn about armed home defense. So they're there to learn about um, weapon control from Ryan Hoover. They're there to learn about, you know, defensive rifle skills from Derek Poole. They're going to be learning some low-light, no-light stuff from Don Edwards and Green Line Tactical. And the whole idea is that in the middle of all that, well, if we're talking about defensive pistol. Somebody might have a pistol that doesn't fit their hand super well, or maybe they aren't even sure that the whole pistol they have is the right one for them. Well, Canic Firearms is our pistol sponsor this year, so we're all going to have loaner guns, demo guns, and here, why don't you shoot this for an hour, see what you think, see if it fits your hand, see if you like the controls, you know, check the reliability, obviously check the, the fit and finish and accuracy. So it's a lot more than just go check out the website when it comes to things like our pistol sponsor, our rifle sponsor this year is Nemo. Mm. Um, of course, we'll have uh, Winchester Ammunition is back again this year. Um, United States Concealed Carry Association. We're going to have regional representatives, as you know, um, just like you guys do up there at Cape Gunworks, visiting most of our classes during the tour, talking to people about um, what opportunities lie as far as becoming members of the United States Concealed Carry Association. You know, not just the uh, the legal aftermath and the finances of a defensive gun use, but all the education that they put out. And, and of course, they're very aligned with Personal Defense Network, and most of our instructors have been aligned with USCCA for years. So it's uh, some of it's hands-on, some of it's conceptual, um, but all of it is really designed to, to integrate with the classes, not distract from the main reason people are there, which is to get, get the experience that those, you know, four-hour to, to four-day classes offer. Right. That's great. And, uh, are there new classes that are being introduced this year that you've never done before? I know you mentioned some instructors. I know I think Ryan is a new instructor this year, and uh, certainly Don yeah, Edwards. Um, go ahead. Yeah, Ryan Hoover is the, the one guy who's a new member of the tour training team this year. We've got nine instructors on the tour, and, and Ryan brings a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to everything that happens inside of Two Arms Reach. Hmm. Some of that does integrate firearms use. Go ahead. Oh, and that's really his specialty. So those will be uh, new classes offered for the first time uh, this year. Awesome. Uh, You had a little glitch there. So Ryan was going to be doing classes within two arms reach, you were saying? Yeah, within two arms reach. So he's he's very heavily involved in that unarmed defense, um, empty hand techniques, 
And sometimes what we call, like in our program, we talk about fighting to the pistol. So mm-hmm. if your pistol is concealed and somebody grabs you, you may need to fight before you can even get your pistol in your hands. Uh, so there's a lot of that um, you know, extreme close quarters stuff that Ryan covers really well. Um, we talked about Don Edwards. He, he is kind of the, the leader on our team when it comes to red dot pistol integration. I'm talking about red dot sites transitioning for people who've never used them before. He's got classes he offers to law enforcement and civilians um, who are transitioning to red dot. And then again, his specialty, low light, no light. So his night fighter courses are, are really, they have an incredible reputation around the country. He's been on the tour with us before, um, but that's a course that a lot of people don't know about that they might be able to jump into. Yeah, I can't wait to get in one of his classes. We actually were supposed to have him this past January, but with SHOT Show being back and everything else, it didn't work out so well. But we do plan on having him come do one of his low-light classes and also a Red Dot class. I can't wait to get him up here. And I managed to take that truncated Red Dot pistol class with you down in St. Augustine, and it just got things rolling. It was a it was a great eye-opener. He's an excellent instructor, so I look forward to you know, having hosting him here at some point, as well as some of the other tour instructors, getting him up to the great Northeast. So you're up here several times a year, though. We're we're really happy you do that and come to Massachusetts every year. And you also come in the fall, right? Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be I'll be teaching in Massachusetts at least two different trips this tour. Uh, one, uh, like you said, just coming up next month in April. I'll be there with you guys at Cape Gunwork, and then I'll be back up in Boylston. I'll be up there at the Worcester uh, Pistol and Rifle Club, and that is uh, going to be, I believe it's September like 12th to the 15th. It's actually how I'm going to end the tour this year. The tour runs from just this week uh, for six months until September 15th. My first classes on the tour will start next week. We do have some of the instructors teaching this week, and we're also doing a live broadcast next week. So one week from today, Wednesday, uh, we will be broadcasting at noon Eastern time uh, through Personal Defense Network, our YouTube, as well as our you know website, personaldefensenetwork.com, the tour kickoff. So I'm going to have a few of the other instructors on the range with me, and we'll be uh, talking about all the sponsors, all the classes, everything that's going to be offered. It'll be about an hour long, so people can put that on, on their calendars to, to search through my social media, and maybe you guys could share that out too. Sure. And then, of course, pdntrainingtour.com, pdntrainingtour.com. People can head over there as soon as uh, you know this broadcast is over and uh, check out the courses, the sponsors, the links to all the instructor bios. Um, all the information is there at pdntrainingtour.com. That's great. Where is the tour kicking off? Down in Florida? Yeah, so I'm going to be down in Florida. In fact, I am. I think you guys are broadcasting out of Jacksonville now, and I, I can actually tune in and, and listen to the show when I'm driving around here at my home range in St. Augustine because we're only about 30 miles south. Yeah. That's a real powerhouse of a station, WBOB. I think they have an FM and an AM station. I think it reaches all the way up to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and down to, like, North Miami. So uh, we got pretty good coverage That's there awesome. in Florida. Yeah. And so – Yeah, so we'll be down here. You know, courses, again, courses happen all over the country, uh, but we will be doing the live broadcast from Florida next week. Great. And so what are some what, – what's the first class you're teaching? The first class I'm teaching is actually a defensive pistol course. So I'm going to teach the IDS course next week. I've also got an armed home defense course, which, which is a course I really enjoy. It's, uh, you know, you've, you've, seen, you've seen that material as well. Uh, it's something that the drills that we do are really, I, I think, the most advanced, specifically um, inside of a structure-based range. Making them up in the dark in the basement, right? A lot of interaction, a lot of other instructors. We've collected 
some really good things I've seen and, and some ideas that our team has had, and we put them into one program that, that gives you the very specific issues of dealing with corners, dealing with obstacles, dealing with uh, close quarters, reaction shooting, things like that. And, and we, we address both pistol and handgun in that class. And then I'm also doing one of our two-person armed defense classes, which is another very unique course that ICE training companies offers. It's not CQB. It's not team tactics. It's just, you know, what if you are in a space with another armed good guy? You know, whether they're your uh, friend, your family member, coworker, or it just happens there's somebody else with a CQW when you need to use your gun, how do you think about um, de-escalating? And, and then once you get past the potential danger of that situation, then also making sure that you're uh, capitalizing on the opportunities that two good guys with guns uh, create. And that, again, not without thinking of yourself as a SWAT team or anything like that, but just really uh, making sure that people understand that, that there are some things you have to think about um, for, for de-escalation, and there's some ways you can do it um, without having to pretend you're on a SWAT team. Yeah, that's great. And that's, you know, as as the population of the country, more and more of us become armed and walk around with a gun every day, that's more and more important because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, just you coming across someone else who's armed might have been a lot lower statistically than it is now. So it's all good information. It is. And, you know, a lot of people have to remember it's not just that the numbers of CCW permits are increasing. Where you carry, there's probably other people carrying too. Right. Density. Yeah. Great point. And, Rob, we look forward to talking to you guys every week and being a part of the training tour. So thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you and all that you do and, and all the classes you offer. So we'll talk to you soon. Remember to use K, uh, code CGWMA at capegunworks.com to get a special discount on your web orders. That's code CGWMA. Go to capegunworks.com right now. Don't delay. And get your special discount using CGWMA. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And that is some exciting stuff from Rob Pincus. We're looking forward to uh, partnering up with the training tour. And if you haven't taken one of his classes or from one of the associated or affiliated instructors, you really need to. It's one of the most comprehensive firearms classes available to you today with a lot of thought and a lot of... um, science-backed 
you know, basically the whole class is based on science and physiology and biology and empirical evidence from actual shootings that occur every year. So there's a lot of data that goes into the ever-evolving classes that they offer. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Don Edwards is a great instructor too. I look forward to getting him up here, like I said. So I can't wait to do one of his low-light classes and the Red Dot Pistol. So anyway, um, getting back to the news of the day. Uh, I wanted to congratulate Ohio Governor DeWine signed constitutional carry in to law in the state of Ohio. So now they are a new, the most recent, I think it's the 23rd constitutional carry state in the country. And that is exciting news. Um, We also have Georgia who has approved it in the House and Governor Kemp has said he will sign it. We also have Nebraska, who it's clear who has cleared its first hurdle, and that if those two sign up and and sign it into law, it'll be 25 states in the country. Half the country will be back to its original roots of constitutional carry, where you don't need to ask permission from the government to carry a gun or to exercise your Second Amendment right. Um, but I want to say a big boo. To Florida. What the heck is going on down in the gunshine state? Florida, you disappoint me. The gunshine state has now had three years of discussion about becoming a constitutional carry state and done nothing about it. So the pro-gun Republicans in office down there have a super majority. So think about Massachusetts, where I live, where the Democrats have a super majority. Um, and they also have a governor that's very sympathetic to their causes. Just like in Florida, Republican Congress, Republican governor, they should be able to get this done. It's been three years and they still haven't done it. In fact, they actually have a higher level of requirement for a concealed carry permit than Massachusetts does. Go figure. So they actually require live fire for their concealed carry permit in Florida. And one of the politicians down there that kind of shelved it or, you know, jettisoned the concealed carry debate was a gentleman who said he thinks it will affect tourism, the primary industry of Florida, if people know that they are constitutional carry. Oh, no. Just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I think that most people realize Florida is the gun giant state, right? There's more guns in Florida than anywhere. They have favorable gun laws as far as there's no like gun control as far as what you can and can't buy. You can own suppressors. You can own AR-15s and standard capacity magazines. But so I don't think anyone's worried about the fact that people are carrying guns there. And honestly, I don't think the class that they're ma- mandating you take in order to get a concealed carry permit there is going to make anybody safer. It is a live fire class. You get to do a basic safety class um, by any nationally recognized curriculum as long as it has live fire and they, they accept that. So frankly, that isn't what makes you safe or 
or qualified to carry a gun. What makes you qualified to carry a gun is basically taking a class like that Rob Pincus was just talking about, something like offered on the PDN training tour or ICE training.us if you go to their website and find a class near you um, and get a good comprehensive all day you know concealed carry or intuitive defensive shooting class that's a that's a good way to go you know that's what starts the ball rolling in the right direction and i was someone who didn't take a class for the first 15 years of carrying a gun and i was like wow i'm an idiot once i started taking classes but anyway uh, we're headed for a break, but before we go, you should head over to capegunworks.com and use that special discount code CGWMA to get 10% off your next purchase on capegunworks.com. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated legendary performance this is hornady federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations when you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to be notified when we go live. If you want to follow along and interact with us throughout the show, we'd love to have you. Or you can listen on the radio or wherever you find your podcast. Rapid Fire, all one word. So before the break, we were talking about, you know, live fire training and getting uh a class under your belt or two. And I even talked to Phil Smith about this earlier. Um, I think the burden should be upon us as firearms enthusiasts to encourage each other to get classes and training and take a class, et cetera, and be a safe and responsible gun owner and, and show people the way, right. Of how to be a responsible gun owner. And, Here's a story about someone who is not a very responsible gun owner. And it just so happens to be a politician out of California. I'm sure this is my surprised face, right? For all of you who are watching online. Uh, and the rest of you can, I'm sure, infer what you see. But 
the fact that this story comes out of California is just drips with irony. But according to several media reports on March 3rd, California Assemblyman Jim Cooper, Democrat from the 9th District, was traveling through a security checkpoint at Sacramento International Airport when the TSA found a loaded gun in his baggage. Yes, say it ain't so, Jim. But the Sacramento Bee reported that the firearm was detected by an X-ray screening machine in what was described by Cooper's Capitol office as a mail messenger bag, which looks like a purse. I don't know why that contributes to the story or not, but um, I'm reading from uh, AmmoLand.com, by the way. And the interesting thing is the U.S. Penal Code or California Penal Code 171.5 says that it is unlawful for any person to knowingly possess within any sterile area of an airport or a passenger vessel terminal any of the items listed in subdivision C. And subdivision C says the following items are unlawful to possess as provided in subdivision B. Number one, any firearm. So the sterile area is a portion of the airport defined in the airport security program to which the access is generally controlled through a screening of persons and property. So this guy apparently had a loaded handgun in his messenger bag and an x-ray picked it up. And guess what happened to him? Now, number one, let me read what the the punishment is. This is punishable by imprisonment in a county jail for a period not exceeding six months or a fine not exceeding $1,000 or both by fine and imprisonment. So it's, it's unbelievable that this guy, because he's a politician, is caught with this gun. And guess what happened to him? Nothing. Breaking news. Absolutely nothing happened. In fact, the Sacramento airport actually held his gun for him while he went traveling and then returned it to him when he came back, which I think is a great service. I think that should be one of the that should be one of the kiosks at the at the airport. That should be a service that they offer. You show up with your gun, hey, I'd like to check my gun for a week. Okay, cool. Here here's your key to the locker, blah blah blah. And then when you get back, you get it out of the locker and go about your way. But no, this guy the sheriff's department actually held the gun for him and gave it back to him when he checked back in from his trip. Now, you know, this is really unbelievable to me, especially since it happened in California. I went to Alaska, which is a constitutional carry state, and with a handgun, I declared it when I went and was leaving. And when I was leaving Alaska, I forgot to declare it. And it was in my checked luggage, not in, not in my messenger bag. And it went through the x-ray and they picked up on it. And it still had the firearms declaration card in it. But I had to go back through security, meet the police, declare the gun, fill out the proper form, put it back in, send it through the screening, and then do the OJ sprint through the airport so that I could catch my plane, which they happened to hold for me for an extra 10 minutes or whatever. And you know, that look you get when you're the last guy on the plane. Meanwhile, I'm holding my fried halibut fish uh, and chips that I got <laughs> in the uh, in the restaurant that I was waiting when I realized I hadn't declared the gun. So anyway, 
I delayed the flight. They waited for me, and I got the evil stare by everybody when I got back on. And then about a month later, I get a letter from the TSA in the mail and a $1,500 fine for trying to get a gun through the airport without oh declaring it. Oh, my God. So I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, and they said, if I was willing to pay the fine, they'll immediately knock it down by 50%. So all I'd have to do is send 750 If I choose to fight it and lose, I'm going to owe the $1,500. i am like, this is extortion. But anyway, meanwhile, uh, politician in California, Jim Cooper, has a different set of rules that apply to him. Rules for thee and not for me, right? Isn't that always the way? So anyway, I want to get to a couple of your questions here. Um, I know you've all been holding on. And uh, one of the questions is from Paul. He says, what is the best dry fire training system to use? And the best is probably very subjective. Um, I would look at the Mantis one. I've never personally used it, but I do like the fact that it'll Bluetooth to your phone. You can use it for um, in the house with your actual gun. It clamps on the light rail instead of, you know, going down the barrel or changing a barrel or something. And the other thing that's good about it is you can use it for live fire. And it'll give you the techniques if you're palming the gun or hooking the trigger, et cetera, et cetera. You can also use cert pistols, which are near and dear to my heart. They're easier. I think they're safer, less of a chance of something bad happening. So there you go. Um, Gene via email says, I have a Smith & Wesson 357 and used to call it a K-frame when I carried it. Now I think they call it a 486 or something like that. I was wondering about a dry fire target outfit. Heard about Mantis X. Your thoughts? Well, I just gave you those thoughts. So good luck with that, Gene. Um, I appreciate you asking, but the Mantis X will work good. I believe those will work on revolvers, although I, I honestly don't know enough about them. Just to, so just check them out and see what see what happens there. Um, but HPS says, when will Massachusetts get constitutional carry? Question mark. Ha ha. Never because freedom was born here and died here. Yeah, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm holding out hope that they will, but you never know. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, we don't have a pro-gun legislature, but you'll have to keep fighting the good fight. If you live in a banned state, if you live in Maryland or New York or New Jersey or California or Hawaii or Massachusetts, you know, you'll have to suffer through, I guess, or move. Uh, I always say moving is taking the easy way out. It's better to stay and fight. So that's the way that goes as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, and and Professor Claude just hands me a note. He said they're pro-gun when it's convenient. That's true. You know, most of these, and I think uh, this guy from uh, Sacramento, Jim Cooper, has a long history of gun control and being anti-gun as far as his voting record is concerned. So you can check that out if you want and look at look that up. But uh, it says further down in the article, despite quite obviously enjoying his own right to carry, Cooper is no defender of the Second Amendment. In 2016, Cooper authored so-called ghost gun legislation in the form of AB 857. The bill criminalized the traditional right of Americans to make their own firearms for personal use without government interference. Tell me again how I'm not surprised. I remember uh, 
back about then, it might have been a little earlier, there was a big press conference with a bunch of politicians in California talking about ghost guns. And the famous one was, this is a ghost gun capable of shooting a 30 caliber magazine clip in 30 rounds and a half a second. And one of the guys at that press conference actually got arrested and charged with gun running and gun trafficking. Go figure. He just wanted to make sure no one could legally do it. They, that only criminals like him could do it and profit from it. So anyway, thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here. It goes on for another hour. So make sure you tune in at capegunworks.com. You click on the rapid fire icon. You can also join us and ask questions and check out some of our YouTube videos. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary. We'll either see you next week or don't go away. We'll be right back. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. 
If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Two-way talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Glad to have them on board. Tune in at capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. We will be getting to your questions a lot here in the second hour. Remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms and defeat the evil algorithms of big tech who are trying to keep us down, keep us quiet and silenced and making us go away. And I tell you, man, I've never seen censorship to the extent and level that it has occurred. I don't know if anyone, and I'm not trying to get political by talking about this, but I was really enjoying this uh, interview by those knuckleheads, the Nelk Boys. They're uh, this, you know, social media phenomenon who are, they just make silly videos and they're, uh, and my kids told me who they were. I had no idea who the heck they were, but they got to interview Donald Trump down at Mar-a-Lago. And he's saying to them like, hey, uh, this is not going to make it on social media. So what are you guys going to do? Are you going to back down? And they go, we don't back down from anything. We're going to, you know, we're pushing this out there. And the video was up on YouTube. I was watching it and I, I got distracted halfway through and I went to go back to it later that night and it was already taken down. It had, I think something like 5 million views in the first 24 hours and YouTube pulled it down. And it's unbelievable when you think about the president of the country gets kicked off Twitter and deplatformed and et cetera, et cetera, and silenced and censored. But yet the Shah and Mullah of Iran who's launching missiles into our consulate in in Iraq has a voice on Twitter. It's just unbelievable to me. Um, but anyway, I digress. I don't know where all that's com- coming from. But censorship is a real thing. So we would appreciate you liking and subscribing and sharing and commenting. Comments are huge. They're, they really do drive us up in the, uh, in the, you know, whether or not you're going to see it land. So anyway, here we go. Getting to your questions. Chris is wondering, where's Arlo? And Arlo's been right here by my side this whole broadcast. He's been, he hasn't made a cameo yet, but he will at some point. You know, let me see if I can show you. There he is. What's up, dude? <laughs> um, and uh, Mud wants to know, can I explain the SIG fire control unit? A P320X compact isn't on the approved roster, so can I buy an FCU and build it myself? Is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct, Mud. So you cannot buy a 320X compact from a licensed gun shop because it's not the approved model for Massachusetts. This one is a scary free state version, which means it doesn't have a thumb safety. It wasn't the tested model. And it was, you know, a little bit more ergonomic design, but 
the 320 is such a modular platform. And I think SIG was brilliant when it came out with the fire control unit. So it's literally all the internal parts of a gun, but bound together in a stamped piece of steel that houses all of those fire control groups and has the two rails that the slide rides on. So now you can take this gun and remove it from the grip module and put it into a different grip module, put a different slide on it, put a different grip length on it. So this fire control unit, you can literally build out to any configuration of the 320 that they make. The only problem with it is it won't have a thumb safety, which isn't a problem. That's a good thing in my opinion, but it's it's you can't go back and forth from thumb safety to no thumb safety. So you're just going to have to get the grip module that matches up with the the fire control unit that you have. But the FCU is sold with no thumb safety. So I think it's a great way to go to get around that whole list of guns because Massachusetts doesn't recognize the fire control unit as a firearm. It's only considered a firearm in the eyes of the feds. Once you build it into a gun, then you have seven days to register it. So it's a great way to go with an awesome modular platform that you can do a lot with. And you can even change caliber from 940 and 357 SIG. So pretty cool stuff. And SIG has a great support system on their website as to all the parts and pieces that you can buy to build it out however you want. So Chris is saying history only counts in Massachusetts when it comes to tourism dollars. Yeah, we want to keep the tourism dollars coming in in Massachusetts, especially in sunny Cape Cod. But unfortunately, I agree that they don't care what the history was and what our nation was founded on. Uh, that's a good point, Chris. HPS says, I will sell back two of my nine AR-15s to the government for $1 million each. So this is in regards to, in response to Beto O'Rourke wanting to buy back guns. Ah! I just would love to see him going door to door in Texas, knocking on doors saying, hey, I'm here to buy back your AR-15. Why don't you make me? Nobody needs an AR-15. Nobody needs 30 rounds. Nobody needs a, a gun that is a weapon of war and, you know, turn it into the government. I'll give you that $150 Amazon gift card. Anyway, KJ says, I want to send Toby an email from the AG's office. What email address should I use? Send that to info at capegunworks.com. And Paul was asking again about the dry fire. Uh, Yamming is saying he just turned 21 and he's looking to join. Great. Come on down, bud. We'll take care of you. Um, at, at 21, you can own pistols and large capacity semi-automatic rifles. So that's a good thing. Let's see. Uh, HPS is saying he thinks every American should own two AR-15s because two is one and one is none. That's kind of like that if you're, if you want to be on time, you show up 15 minutes early. If you show up actually on time, you're late. Something like that. I would agree though, two is better than one because if one breaks or one goes down, you still have another one. And they get lonely in the safe. Two is still kind of lonely in my opinion. 
I would get as many as you can comfortably Aha! afford. I always say you can't play golf with just one golf club, right? Guns are like golf clubs. You'd, you'd never buy a putter and be like, I'm a golfer. What? No. Oh, my. You'd never buy a driver and be like, I'm a golfer. Nope. You got to have the whole bag of clubs. So you got to have the whole safe full. You got to have a quiver full, right? Um, every once in a while, you'll see some post from a newspaper or something. Some journalist is like, large weapons cash found in man's attic. And they pull out like 10 rusty guns, you know, and you're like, what? What the heck is that? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That guy needs to up his game, man. 10 guns is a weapons cache? I don't think so. That's like what most people get, you know, before they, you know, really buy the first good gun they own. So anyway, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only. And we have a new couples class on April 2nd. Sign up at capegunworks.com and get your license to carry. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for the only radio show around that is dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. You can also hear us on Grace Curley's show 
WRKO every Tuesday for 2A Tuesday from 205 to 245, where we take lots of questions on the phone. And some people play Stump the Chump and try to get me all tripped up. But you can join us there as well. We broadcast it live and kind of um, simulcast it, if you will, on our own platform where we, you know, on capegunworks.com. So it's a fun little interaction, and I'm always shocked at how many people that call are from Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Um, so they're all living in the fruits of the labors of our forefathers as they originally wrote them in the Constitution. And meanwhile, we're stuck here behind enemy lines where the battles were all taken, had all taken place, like Single Cam says, kind of ironic, Massachusetts is in a free state, Battle of Lexington and Concord. And I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's unbelievably ironic that this is where freedom first started, and it also is where it went to die. So that's un unfortunate, but it is absolutely true. I would love to see the Supreme Court really take an active role in sending these rogue states that want to restrict gun ownership and putting them in their place. And, you know, one of the things I didn't get to talk to Philip Smith about on the first hour because we ran out of time is how gun control, the, the history of gun control is actually rooted in racism. And to this day, I think gun control at its very core value is extremely racist. And not because I believe it's racist to require an ID to buy a gun like the whole voter registration stuff. But I believe that it affects those who are most in need of a gun, which are oftentimes in inner city uh, areas with a high minority population. And the cool thing about that is media is actually waking up. There's a great article by Tom Knighton on Bearing Arms about how new gun owners are not fitting the old mold. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. There was an article on one of the Atlantic's affiliates uh, about how the fastest growing demographic is minority women. So a lot of Latino and African-American women are becoming gun owners. And unapologetically, like they're not like the typical soccer mom that might, you know, say, hey, uh, I don't want my friends to know I have a gun. They're like proud of it. You know, they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to be a victim. We're not playing the victim card anymore. We're going to go out and we're going to get licensed. We're going to buy a gun and I'm going to learn how to use it. So for years, uh, you know, the mold of the typical gun owner was the old white, fuddy, you know, middle to upper middle class dude. And they always tended to vote a certain way. But now that that game is changing. And I think it should. And I don't know if you guys saw uh, one of the D.C. Project women who was talking before the Senate said, you know, she was a victim of violent crime. She'd been a victim of, I think, sexual abuse or maybe it was uh, domestic abuse. I can't quite remember. And She's like, that's why I went out and got a gun license. I carry a gun wherever I go now. 
And then one of these senators, you know, got up in his chair and kind of stared down his nose at her and says, well, you know, I don't live in fear everywhere I go, so I don't have to carry a gun on me everywhere I go. And if you live in and if you're that scared, maybe you should just stay at home. And I'm thinking, how misogynistic is that? Like, again, gun control has its roots in racism. And I think the emphasis is on control, not necessarily on the fact that they might be carrying a gun, but it's the fact that they're carrying a gun and you don't have anything to say about it. So the control side of the equation is much more important to them. So here's a woman who's taking responsibility for her own personal safety. And this guy's saying, well, if you feel that unsafe, maybe you should stay home barefoot in the kitchen and pregnant. He didn't say that, but he might as well have implied it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like, why shouldn't a woman feel empowered to go take her own personal safety and responsible for her own personal safety and be able to go out and go about her life and do whatever she wants? But no, if if you feel that's like you need to carry a gun wherever you go, maybe you should just stay home. And it's like, unbelievable. Um, try saying that to someone about any other walk of life and, you know, uh, see how that plays out for you. I'm sure it's not going to be a good, good day on Twitter for you if you go saying stuff like that about anything other than guns. But anyway, um, I think it's a good thing that even media outlets are starting to write some decent articles. There was a good article on the Christian Science Monitor, uh, they're allsides.com and it talks about uh, this media story where you know they talk about the growing demographic of uh, female uh, women of color and Latino et cetera et cetera and even Democrats who wouldn't typically be uh, you know supportive of gun rights per se as far as the party is concerned. But it just shows that the individual voter thinks otherwise and how gun control is a losing argument for politicians. And I think it's it's really going to anyone who doubles down on that is going to take a bath uh, in the general election this November. But that brings us to the local hour of, you know, Maura Healy, who is a very staunch uh, anti-gun, anti-freedom anti-Second Amendment attorney general here in Massachusetts that's going to be running for governor, uh, I think that it really will be interesting to see how she fares. A lot of people are very nervous that she has a cult following and that she is a well-liked attorney general, and they're worried that she will end up on the top of the ballot come November. She'll easily defeat her primary um, you know, those she's primarying against. And then, you know, when it comes to Republican, there's a couple of Republicans running. Uh, Jeff Deal is one as well, who I did endorse. I endorsed the Deal campaign because I think he's well known enough that he could potentially get elected. You know, if anyone could do it, I think, yes, he's a little bit more, a lot more conservative than the Republican governors who's who, who have taken the office in the past, the uh, Welds and the, um, you know, uh, 
Charlie Baker's, et cetera, et cetera. But for some strange reason, Massachusetts likes to elect Republican governors. I know Deval Patrick was uh, an anomaly, but before that, we had a pretty long run of Republican governors from Mitt Romney and Will Weld, like I said, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see what happens this November, but honestly, your vote is going to count more than ever this this uh, this this year. And Air Guns and Such says it's called the Bay State Challenge. <laughs> I agree. Um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely one of those things. So we'll see how it goes. But I hope that uh, I hope to God that he will win. He'll be the only checkpoint towards stemming the tide of of gun control legislation that could potentially come. But honestly, right now, Governor Weld is, I mean, I'm Weld. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Baker is no no uh, champion of the Second Amendment. So I don't think that, you know, anything that the legislature wanted to do right now would have a good chance of passing. And I don't know if he's veto-proof anyway, so uh, probably not, but... So we'll see how that all plays out in politics. I would recommend you support those who are stand up for the Second Amendment. Um, it is the Trojan horse issue, if you ask me. I believe that it is one of the most fundamental core voting blocks that you could vote your conscience on. So I know there's a lot of people who look at guns as maybe the fifth or sixth or seventh thing on the list of 10 instead of the top one or two or three. But the only thing that really keeps tyrants in check is the constant reminder that you can't do whatever you want to do because of the armed populace. And when you overstep, and when you decide to jump the shark and and go your totalitarian ways, there could be some, you know, consequences for that. Um, but I digress. You never know. All right. Let's get back to some of your questions here. Um, HP says, Kentucky is the best state for guns. That's interesting. I did not know that. I'll take your word for it. And air guns and such, does Cape Gunworks ever offer event sponsorship? A three-day shoot held in June at Mass Rifle Association. The discipline is field target and air rifles are used. Uh, potentially. So let us know. You can always send us an email to info at capegunworks.com and we will let you know how we can help. All right. Keith Langer is next. He has some important stuff to talk about. So... We want you to remember that. And remember, too, that you can always take a private archery lesson here at Cape Gunworks with Dylan. Schedule a one-on-one archery lesson with Dylan, our new archery guru. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link and book one today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe 
built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, healthcare proxies, and powers of attorney, zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692. That's 508-384-8692. Or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are joined at this time with the attorney in Massachusetts, Keith Langer. Keith, how are you today? I'm just fine this gorgeous afternoon. How goes it out on the giant sand dune? It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and we are excited about that. Um, So... Uh, as we were, you know, rolling into this segment of the show, we were talking off off the air about some breaking news out in Rhode Island, I think. And so why don't you bring us up to speed on that? Well, yesterday, the Rhode Island Federal District Court struck down Rhode Island statute banning possession of stun guns. And it includes tasers in the decision. 
basically nice. electronic weapons. So uh, they they had a similar they had a similar ban on stun guns like Massachusetts did. Yes, uh, they included stun guns in their list of prohibited weapons, and two citizens had the money and the vertebrae to challenge it, hmm. and it's been crushed. And the court referred to our own Caetano decision, which we can actually thank the Supreme Court because the SJC certainly didn't do it, and. The case presented by the state was so poor, the court did not even need to go into which of the three levels of scrutiny it needed to strike down this statute. They pre- the state presented practically no evidence. Uh, the court used without formally accepting intermediate scrutiny, but the state's case was so poor it would have failed even rational basis. <laughs> That's great news. And... You know, that's that's one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy when you think about it. Like, you you have a state like Rhode Island, which they do offer concealed carry permits to people to, to carry a gun, even though they're more rare than they are in Massachusetts. But in, or even Massachusetts, where you can get a license to carry, purchase a handgun, and you can legally carry a loaded pistol, but yet I can't carry a less than lethal stun gun or a switchblade or a you know out the front type of automatic knife it doesn't make any sense well particularly in the case of uh stun guns and that was discussed in the court's decision that you know the whole excuse is oh public safety this always the excuses you know well if it's public safety then why would you give the public a choice between a lethal weapon and no defense and deprive them of the non-lethal intermediate step of a stun gun? Right. Now, one of the results of the Catano case that you were talking about, um, I, I believe it was Justice Scalia's, one of his last things he did before he passed away was write a letter to the state like saying our state saying hey you got to fix this you're depriving people their fundamental right under the second amendment by banning stun guns and you know so i wonder uh one of the things that came as a result of that though is the fact that they fall under the license to carry permit just like a firearm does which i think is moderately better than not being able to own them at all but it's not you know it's still a very restrictive process to exercise that i wonder if rhode island will adopt some similar type of permitting process for it like massachusetts did well it would make more sense to have absolutely no license required at all for a mere stun gun right and conflating stun guns with tasers and tasers with real guns is just two orders of imbecility. Right. Yeah. That's why you're not going to get any tasers, because the tasers would have to be placed on the approved handguns roster Mm. with serial numbers and drop tests and all the rest of the nonsense that tasers, you know, don't really apply to tasers. Right. Crazy. Now, um, constitutionally, it's, they're basically saying that the tasers and stun guns would be protected under the Second Amendment, right? That's basically how it got thrown out. Yep, that's, always been, that's always been the argument, that they're arms. 
Right. And their arms under the Second Amendment. And every case that's analyzed them uh, and struck the statutes down has done so on that basis. Mm. Do you know if they're prohibited in any other states? Uh, I'm sure they're prohibited in a few states because, you know, in places like New York, New Jersey, Maryland, I'm, right. I'm sure the hoplophobes uh, are doing their their best to keep people disarmed on all fronts and all manners. Right. Now, does this, obviously, if this court um, ruling yesterday, uh, would it have any ramifications if it was an appellate court in certain states that fall under the same jurisdiction? Or, Well, it's not going to need an appellate court decision unless the state appeals mm -hmm. the district court. Got it. As far as other states, it's it's not binding law, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly a case you would want to cite if you were challenging it in another state, just as you would the Supreme Court decision in our Catano case. Right. Yeah, that Catano case is just it's it that's something you can read if you really want to get your blood boiling. Uh, the whole story, the whole, it's just a tragic story. And I don't, you know, know the inner workings of it, but on a whole, on the surface level, it looked like a girl was given a stun gun by her girlfriend for her abusive boyfriend who showed up one day to commit more felonious abuse. And so she stunned him with the stun gun. And then when the police showed up, they arrested her. If I got the story. She never used it. She oh, she never, never used, used it. it. All she had to do was show it, and he ran off. Ah, and so then the police so, showed up and arrested her, right? Right, because she had a stun gun, and they were illegal. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's the example of uh, prosecute the victim. Right, and then the, and then the, it appealed all the way to the Supreme Judicial Court, and she lost there. Correct. Yes. Unbelievable. It doesn't give me high hopes for our court system here in Massachusetts. No, the Supreme Court didn't even bother hearing the case. Right. It, it unanimously reversed and remanded it, sent it back to the SJC, which hunted it back into the legislature. And we were very, very, very close to getting an intelligent disposition of the matter. Mm. Up to the point where we were at a meeting with the governor and representative of the major chief you know, was it Major Cities Chiefs of Police with Association? I think it is. Because you know, the Chiefs of Police were Association was enough. We had to have the Major Cities Chiefs come in. And they had a situation where the guy barricaded in a room. They breached the door, hit him with a taser, and he had a heart attack. Hmm. And they're saying, well, you know, you can't let people have these because tasers kill people. Well, gee, do you think maybe the fact that he was, A, already barricaded, and B, had a SWAT team breach the door, had something to do with the state of his heart. Mm. And, and, of course, they used a taser, whereas people are not going to carry a taser because they're hideously expensive and they're large and clumsy, which is why you don't want to carry it. People want to carry stun guns. Mm. But because the major chiefs came in and muddied the waters with that imbecilic example, uh, we don't have a rational uh, stun gun law in Massachusetts. Right. Now, the only thing I would advocate a taser for is the fact that you don't have to be within two arms reach of the person. 
versus when you've got a stun gun, you're you're kind of hands on. I get that you know that they help in that situation, but I don't even want to be in that situation. If I could keep someone at ten feet away or twelve feet away, and you know alleviate any conflict, I'd rather that. And you know you deploy the taser; it still works as a stun gun if the guy manages to get you know or girl manages to get the probes out and and continue to attack but it keeps it a little bit at distance so they do make a one for civilian use the taser pulse which also has a bluetooth um kind of beam that it sends to law enforcement if you ever needed to deploy it uh, automatically you can choose to activate that or not but um so you know there's that there's sides to both it is bigger though you're right some of the nice things about the stun gun products or the stun products or even the taser flashlight the strike i believe is what they call it um or the strike fire it's more like a flashlight if you're out walking the dog at night you can use it as a flashlight and you can also use it to keep yourself safe if you if necessary but um either way i hope to be in a situ- never be in a situation where I'd need one, but it just goes against uh, all, you know, common sense that you you can't have one of those, but you can carry a lethal weapon, and that's well, that, you can't expect much in the way of logic from Massachusetts where any sort of firearm is concerned, right? And I again, I think the that whole argument extends to knives too. Like, yes, a knife is a very lethal, you know, implement. It can be, but it can also be used as a tool for good, like to cut open boxes or whatever. And so one-handed opening is a big advantage to me. And so the fact that I can't carry an out-the-front double-edged blade because that's deemed too dangerous by my legislature, but yet I can carry a gun, again, doesn't make much sense to me. Well, when I was a Boy Scout, we, we had our pocket knives clipped to our belts. Uh, when we went to school, because we had the patrol meetings after school. Right. And, and we didn't have gang fights. We didn't have Bloods versus Crips or Sharks versus Jets. Nobody was carving up the desk for each other. We all lived. If you tried it now, of course, you'd be seized and arrested and probably expelled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, even if you probably draw a knife-shaped object on a piece of paper out of crayon, you could probably be expelled from school. Oh, we've had kids expelled because they made a, a gun with a chicken finger or their own fingers. <laughs> so I remember the kid who ate his peanut butter sandwich into a gun shape and then <laughs> you know, held it up and shot his friend sitting across the table with his peanut butter sandwich and it, like immediately was like expelled from school. The poor five-year-old kid just doing what five-year-olds do, you know. It's unbelievable. You, you know, I've I've always said at some point we're going to legislate everybody into a padded room. But it's to save the children. Save the children. That's right. Well, thanks, Keith. I appreciate you, as always, joining us on the show. And thanks for that news. That's good news. And... If you guys want to learn more about less than lethal uh, defense, you'll want to take our pepper spray class, which is back. It's a class for people that want to learn about alternatives in lethal defense. 
in the class you actually dispense water-based practice spray units plus you'll learn all the facets of non-lethal defense go to capegunworks.com and click on the classes to sign up we will be right back this is rapid fire If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and I thank you for taking time out of your day to be a part of this show, and we're going to get to more of your questions right now. So, um, Richard says he signed up for our church security class on Saturday. What should I expect? Um, really glad you're coming, Richard. And for those of you who don't know, we are offering a free seminar for anybody who wants to come that attends, you know, a house of worship on a regular basis and what they can do to secure that said house of worship and or keep themselves and their families safe in this day and age where deranged and evil people go hunting for victims at places of worship, which is amazing to me. But unfortunately, we live in a desperately wicked time where evil people go to, you know, prey on innocent people. And I think it comes down to the age-old problem of, you know, the devil himself inspires people that remind him of God. And, you know, he hates uh, hates anything and everything to do with God. You know, and whether you're a moral or religious person or not, um, that just seems to be the, uh, the fact when you look at how evil exists in the hearts of men and women out there in this day and age. And what can you do to protect yourself? You don't really care what caused them to get that way in the moment you need to defend yourself. You're not sitting there trying to find some intellectual fix to this problem. You're just trying to get your family home to safety or get yourself home to safety or go home alive. And that's really what this class is all about. It's how do I, A, better take precautions for myself and my family in my house of worship? And B, if you are a pastor or a 
you know, elder of a church or something, what can you do? What steps can you take as an organization to secure your house of worship from becoming a victim in the first place? Can you harden up the target? What are some steps you can take? So this is all the stuff that will be talked about on Saturday at the class. And the bottom line is there's a lot of good information out there in this day and age. There's some other classes that have been offered. We also do a concealed carry and home defense class uh, that touches on that. We've done the active shooter or countering the mass shooter threat class here at Cape Gunworks which will have some elements of that class in the in the class on Saturday. Um, but this class is unfortunately sold out. So unless you're unless you're already signed up, you're gonna have to wait for the next one or find somebody who can take good notes for you on Saturday. Because oh we have uh, over fifty people signed up for this class. So it's obviously weighing heavily on the on the minds of people as they go to church every Sunday or Saturday, whatever day you go on. And it's something that you shouldn't have to worry about when you go to church. But guess what? The good news for people who are going to church is they are places designed to help you. So therefore, sometimes people who need help go there. And more often than not, everybody who goes there needs some sort of help, right? So that's why we go. And for that reason, our doors are open, which make us a little more vulnerable. Um, but we're going to help you with that on Saturday. So if you want to take a private lesson with one of our instructors, get a one-on-one -on -one instruction tailored to you. We have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun. Test out different guns or book one of our privates today. Go to capegunworks.com slash privates, and we'll help you with that. All right. We will be back after this. This is Toby Leary, and you're listening to Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 3 16-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And 
We are quickly approaching the end of another show, which is amazing to me. But that's why we call it Rapid Fire. It's It goes quick. But hopefully you guys are being educated or at least entertained <laughs> and into some, you know, depending on which category or both, depending on which category you fall into, um, you know, that's why you're here and we're glad you're here. So Incoming. Um, HP says that the taser is legal in every state except for Rhode Island. Go figure. No one took it to court yet. Well, I think. Uh, Keith was just telling us that the decision that passed yesterday um, probably opens the door for that So in Rhode Island. So that's good news. And also, they were not legal in Massachusetts forever until that Catano case that he was um, referring to. But you also say that Kentucky's the best state because they have no gun laws and it's a must issue state so i got to clear i got to take you to task on that if it's a must issue state that means they have a permit system in place in order to carry a gun which means they're going to have to have laws regarding carrying guns so i don't think it's better than a constitutional carry state which doesn't have any permit system in place even if it's a must issue state that means they have some sort of gun laws. Um, so constitutional carry state could even have some gun laws, but it's probably administratively like Maine has a law that says you have to disclose you're carrying a gun to the police when they come to your car. But you don't have to have any type of permit whatsoever in order to carry a gun. So anyway, I guess we're splitting hairs, but that's... um something that you know is interesting anyway i don't know enough about kentucky law to really take you to task on it but i'm just saying and jeff's saying sorry if i'm late to the party but yesterday i mentioned the fixed mag lower with the cape gunworks logo on them do we have a time frame on them and can we prepay for them uh i don't have a time frame you could certainly prepay for one and I'm hoping to get it done sooner rather than later. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm not quite there yet. But I hope to get them done pretty soon because they're going to be pretty cool. And they'll be a lot of fun. So nice. one of the questions I got yesterday was, can you have a fixed mag AR pistol in Massachusetts? I said, yes, that's the only way you can actually build an AR pistol in Massachusetts other than with a true pre-ban, not a pre-Healy pre-ban, but a true pre-94 stripped virgin lower. Uh, that's the only way you can do a AR pistol, unless you buy a AR pistol that was true pre-ban as well, like the, Olympic arms, like the Olympic arms or something like that. But they're pretty cool. Um, they're pretty cool. Uh, and he's clarifying. HP says, when I say they have no laws, I mean you can have a machine gun, an SBR, a short-barreled shotgun, high-cap mags, destructive device, four-set, reset trigger, binary trigger, make your own gun into any gun is illegal. So maybe laws, no, but but no restrictions. Um, well, yeah, a lot of that's based on federal law, too. Um, there's... Believe it or not, you can have machine guns, SBRs, and short-barreled shotguns 
in Massachusetts. Um, I know people don't realize that. You can have force reset triggers and binary triggers too. Uh, but, you know, there's federal law that pertains to those. Most states don't regulate federal law. There's a few that do. You know, California, you can't have machine guns of any kind. Massachusetts, you can't have suppressors. Um, so there's, yeah, certain regulations there. But I think the whole NFA branch should go away personally and do away with it altogether. So you can have a short-barreled rifle, you can have a short-barreled shotgun, you can have machine guns, you can have suppressors, and you don't have to pay any NFA tax. You don't have to be subject to anything other than the ordinary background check that is on the books right now. And that makes the most sense to me. Like, go back to what the constitutional, uh, frame, the framers of the Constitution originally intended. Instead of blaming every nefarious activity with a gun on law-abiding gun owners' potential to commit crime, which is very low, I say you just hold those who are responsible for crime accountable for the crime that they commit. You make the punishment fit the crime and you punish them accordingly for everybody else. Limit government regulation to the bare and absolute minimum. In fact, in most cases, that would be zero involvement. So, yeah, even the Gunshine State has laws that you can't have a force reset trigger or binary trigger. That's news to me. I did not know that. Um interesting so shh don't give the politicians around here any ideas that's what i say it's just keep it to ourselves no um i'm sure they know all about it but the point is you know let's go get back to freedom that's the way i see it and that was the what i was trying to articulate with keith is why can't i own a switchblade or a double-edged blade or a sword or a out-the-front mechanically-assisted spring-activated gun? Why can't I own nunchucks? Why can't I own throwing stars and throwing knives, etc., etc.? If I'm not committing crime with them, what's the big deal? What is the big deal? Like, why do you regulate nunchucks? And make it so you can't own nunchucks or you can't use nunchucks or, you know, but you can own a gun. It doesn't make any sense. So I think it's all a violation of my Second Amendment right. I should be able to carry whatever weapon I deem necessary and to my advantage to keep me alive or safe in a situation where somebody might want to assault me. So that's the way I see it. And I approve this message. But that's the way it goes. I'm not making laws, unfortunately, for the people who oppose freedom. Um, but anyway, I don't think I'd get very far if I was. I try to... I try to uh, yeah, the 1776 definition of arms includes anything you can defend yourself with. I agree. That's a good working definition. So if the same thing can be used for assault with intent, like a shod foot or a you know, coffee mug could be considered assault with a deadly weapon, 
then, dang it, I should be able to carry deadly weapons to defend myself, right? That's <laughs> the way it should work. And I want to have the distinct advantage over what criminals can have access to. I'm okay with forbidding violent criminals from being able to own a switchblade or a knife or a gun or a, you know, sword cane or a whatever. Um, but the the bottom line is I want a clear advantage over those who prey on people and look at people as, you know, a potential to abuse them or to rob them or to steal from them or to have their way with them. And so I want every advantage I can have. That's why the AR-15 should be, you know, a good home defense tool that every home should have. I say it all the time. Every law-abiding, responsible gun owner should have one. But we live in Massachusetts. So I digress. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapidfire. Make sure you keep up the good fight to be a safe and responsible gun owner in your community. You can also support other local gun advocates, join an advocacy group, give some money to the people who are doing a good job in defending your rights. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. God bless. I'm Toby Leary. We'll see you next time on Rapid Fire. Take care.